Hey everybody, George Robson here, Worship Arts Pastor at Ocean Grove Online Church. Welcome to another one of our podcasts. I want to encourage you to stay with us for this week's scripture reading and message. The story of the first Easter, of course, was recorded in all four of the Gospels. Last week we read the Easter story from the Gospel of Luke. And what we saw there was in Luke's gospel, the women going to the tomb early in the morning to anoint the body of Jesus so that he might be buried properly. And when they arrive there, they are met by two angels who ask them, why do you seek the living among the dead? Jesus is not here. He has risen as he said. And then the women, upon hearing that news from the angels, run back to tell the disciples, of course, where Then they're met with skepticism and unbelief. This morning, we turn to John's gospel. And in John's telling of the Easter story, it's not all of the women who go early in the morning. It's Mary Magdalene. She goes to the tomb early, and like the women of Luke, finds it empty, stone rolled away, and no Jesus. She then runs and tells Peter and John, who from their hiding place run to the tomb to look and see for themselves. Once Peter and John see that the tomb is empty, uh, the gospel writer tells us that they go back to the place they were while Mary Magdalene comes back to the tomb. So on Easter morning with Mary Magdalene, John, and Peter, we have them just kind of going back and forth, probably wondering what in the world is happening. When Mary Magdalene comes back to the tomb, she's faced She comes face to face with the risen Christ, but in fact, she believes it's the gardener, and we're going to unpack that a little bit later. But this morning, we pick up the story in John 20, starting in verse 19 and going through to verse 29. It's later the same day. It is still Easter day. And what we see now is not the disciples going to the tomb But we see Jesus going to where the disciples are and appearing to them for the first time. Again, beginning in verse 19. An evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas, known as Didymus, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Well, a week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. 
And though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told Thomas, Because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this continued Easter story, the continued story of, of a resurrected Jesus and all that he means to us. So we pray as we proclaim this word in our midst, you will open our lives to it, open our ears so that we might hear, our hearts that we might believe. God, speak to us your word today. We are counting on it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we might say in modern language that this is the sequel to Easter Sunday morning. It is round two of He is Risen. In, in this section of John's gospel, we have two, appearance, two appearances of Christ to the disciples, one while Thomas is not with them, and one a week later when Thomas joins them and is there in the house with the rest. The first thing we might notice is that the, the doors were locked to where the disciples were. They were in fear, so they, they were behind locked doors, but Jesus appears to them anyway. Someone once asked me, well, what does that mean, Pastor, that, they were, that Jesus appeared to them behind locked doors? Well, I think what it doesn't mean is that Jesus had a key, right? <laughs> I, nor does it mean that he was teleported into the room or came under the door like a mist only to take on human form again once he was in the room. He simply yet supernaturally appeared before them in their midst, And when he appears, he says to them, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Don't be be afraid. It's me. And perhaps they don't even recognize him yet because uh, the gospel writer says that it's when he showed them his hands and his side that the disciples realized who it was. And were full of joy once they realized it was Jesus. And then when Jesus appears again to them a week later, it was more than just seeing that was necessary because Thomas uh, needed physical proof that it was really Jesus. Remember, Thomas wasn't there when Jesus appeared the first time. And when, and when the disciples encountered the risen Christ, it was obvious that they ran off to tell Thomas, Thomas, we've seen the Lord. Thomas doesn't get his name doubting Thomas for nothing. And he probably met their pronouncement with skepticism because we know that his response was, well, unless I see it for myself, unless I see the marks of the nails. But even more than that, Thomas is saying, maybe I'm not even going to trust my own vision. 
unless I put my fingers in those nail holes and place my hand in his side, I will never believe that it's Jesus. Thomas would not say he is risen indeed to the disciples he is risen until he was fully persuaded that it was Christ. He wasn't satisfied with the testimony of others. He wanted to see and touch Jesus for himself. And I love the response that Jesus has to Thomas. He doesn't get frustrated with him. He doesn't respond to Thomas's skepticism and doubt with, sorry, Thomas, but you weren't here when I showed up. Too little, too late. You missed out. Too bad, Thomas. No, there's none of that. For each of Thomas's demands, what Jesus does is he proactively meets them. Thomas doesn't even have to go through this litany again of, Jesus, I, I, you know, before I believe it's you, I need to touch your hands. I need to put my finger in the nails. I need to, no. He says, unless I see the hands and the marks of the nails and place my finger into the marks. That's what he said to the disciples when they told them it was Jesus. Jesus says, look, Thomas, see my hands. Put your fingers here where the nails went through. And to Thomas says, unless I place my hand in his side, I will never believe. Jesus says, here, Thomas, look. Here's the spot where they pierced my side. Put out your hand. Put it in here. See and, and, and feel for yourself. Thomas, stop doubting the evidence is right in front of you. Believe. Which Thomas replies, my Lord and my God. Friends, these are powerful moments, these post-resurrection um, appearances of Jesus. And they mean, they meant so much to the disciples. And they mean so much to us today that over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at a number of them. But I want to go back uh, this morning to an earlier appearance when Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene in the garden. And I'm going to read uh, chapter 20 of John's gospel, starting in verse 11 and going through to verse 16. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know at the time that it was Jesus. And he asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Well, thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. So friends, in this first week of Easter, we have Jesus appearing to Mary Magdalene in the garden outside the tomb. 
We have the disciples in a locked room in Jerusalem and Jesus showing up in their midst. We have Jesus appearing to the disciples a week later when Thomas is present, obviously for Thomas's benefit and for his sake. And in all three of these post-resurrection accounts, we can see two common threads, which I want to lift up uh, to us this morning and the rest of our time together. The first thread I, I want to point out is that in each case, those who encounter the risen, resurrected Christ see their skepticism fall by the wayside, and they go away from their encounter believing in Jesus. Mary Magdalene moves from, sir, if you have taken Jesus away, tell me where you have placed him, to Rabbi, teacher. The disciples found the testimony of the women to be an idle tale, but when they met the resurrected Christ and saw his near nail-pierced hands and his side, they were overjoyed because they knew it was, in fact, Jesus. Finally, Thomas moves from telling the rest of the disciples, I'm not taking your word for it unless I see for myself, I won't believe. Then having seen for himself and having touching the, touched the scars of Jesus, declared, my Lord and my God. This, friends, is a truth that holds even to this day. Encounters with the risen Christ have the power to change our lives change our unbelief and skepticism to belief and faith. Change our, our hearts from, I don't believe in Jesus, to my Lord and my God. Encounters with the risen Christ have power in our lives and can make all the difference for us and do make all the difference for us. The second thread common to these stories is that Jesus comes and meets us where we are. He met Mary in the garden. He met the disciples behind locked doors. He met Mary in her grief. He met the disciples in their skepticism and fear. He met Thomas in his doubt. But not only did he meet them, he gave each of them the very thing they needed to move from doubt and skepticism to belief and faith. So that made me think this morning of this question. Where did Jesus come and meet you? Or where do you need Jesus to come and meet you? Where was your encounter with the risen Christ? Where do you need this encounter to happen in your life? Was it in your grief or anger or loneliness? Was it in your anxiety and stress? Was it in your pain, your conflict? Did he give you what you needed in order to believe? See, friends, one of the things that I, I think is very common for us is we think we need to go somewhere. We think we need to improve. We think we need to get somewhere in our life before Jesus will come and meet us. This is a reminder that wherever we are, no matter where we are, Jesus will come and meet us 
where we are and desires to meet us where we are. Did he give you what you needed in order to believe? Did you go away from that encounter saying, my Lord and my God? I'm going to share a little bit about where Jesus met me earlier in my life. In fact, it was right here in this church. And this may sound weird, but uh, he met me in my religiousness. In other words, he met me in church while I was doing all of the right churchy things. Sunday school, youth group, worship, choir, even those wonderful churchy things called potluck suppers. And he came and he met me in my religiousness and he said to me, I love that you're here doing all that you're doing. This is where I want you, but I don't want you to be confused that, that what you're doing is the same as having a relationship with me. Rich, your relationship with me has to come first. And your relationship with me is what I want to build your life on, if you'll let me. I want it to be the starting point for the rest of your life. And friends, that's exactly what happened. I gave my life to Christ, and, 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 and then I was kind of surprised because here's what he told me next. Carry on. Carry on. Sing in the choir. Go to Sunday school. Participate in youth group. Attend worship. But don't do those things as a replacement for a relationship with me. Don't get busy. Do them as an expression of your relationship with me. Do them out of love for me and out of love for God. Carry on. Friends, I don't know where each of you is or are. I don't know where you are this morning. I have an idea where some of you are because you have been sharing with me some of your struggles. But here's what I want you to remember, because here what is so critical, wherever we are, wherever we are, no matter where we are, Jesus will come and meet us as we are. Wherever we are, Jesus will come and meet us as we are. He wants to come and meet us where we are and as we are. He wants us to have an encounter with the risen Christ so that we can also declare when it comes to Jesus, he is our Lord and our God. He is our salvation. He is our Lord and our Savior. May you come to Jesus and have an encounter with the risen Christ and may he truly be Lord of your life and mine. Let's pray together.
Well, God, many of us here have probably said yes to you a long time ago. We've declared you our Lord and our God in our lives, our Savior, our Messiah. And God, for those of us that have done that, we we trust and pray that you will continually and constantly show us what, in fact, that looks like in our lives. And how we might share that testimony with others. But I never want to assume, oh God, that everyone here or everyone worshiping online has made that decision. So God, we want to create space and room for your Holy Spirit to touch the hearts of those that may be ready to say, my Lord and my God, for the first time. So if that's you this morning, I invite you to pray this with me. Just say the words quietly in your heart. Jesus, I have lived a life away from you. But now I'm ready to say yes to you. I'm ready for you to be my Lord and my God. I'm I'm ready to have an encounter with you, the risen Christ. I'm ready for my skepticism and doubt to fall away and for faith and belief to be strong. I'm ready to claim salvation in your name, O God. Please show me what that looks like and how I can continue on my path of faith and service. And again, oh God, for us that have made that decision yesterday or long ago, we pray the end of that prayer for us as well. Show us what faith in you looks like day after day, moment after moment. And give us opportunities to serve you always. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We really appreciate you staying with us this time around. Remember, you can always search out other podcasts from OGC by looking up Ocean Grove Church or type in oceangrovechurch.com slash podcast question mark format equals RSS in your player of choice. And if you'd like other ways to stay up to date on all things Ocean Grove Church, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as Ocean Grove Church, on Twitter as OG Church, and don't forget our website, OceanGroveChurch.com. And you can contact us via email at OceanGroveChurch at gmail.com. Until next time, we bid you peace.